This is the Sex Mancers Podcast. Sweat, baby, sweat, baby. Sex is a Texas drought. Me and you do the kind of stuff that only Prince would sing about. So put your hands down my pants and I'll bet you'll feel nuts. Yes, I'm Cisco. Yes, I'm Ebert. And you're getting two thumbs up. You've had enough of two-hand touch. You want it rough. You're out of bounds. I want you smothered. Want you covered like my Waffle House. Hash browns coming quicker than FedEx. Never reach an apex. Just like Google Calls. Not you are inclined to me. Welcome back. Hey, uh, just a couple of things up front. I know this episode is coming out late. I do apologize for that. Uh, on the night that I was going to record this episode, uh, the power went out. A storm came through the area. A couple of generators are, you know, a blue and without electricity, I wasn't able to record the episode. And so I had to, you know, find a way to schedule in uh, when to record this. And I wasn't able to get that done uh, for the show to be released on Friday. So, sorry about that. Uh, one more thing uh, here up front. I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but I do have a book out. And, uh, you know, I'm going to put a link uh, to it out on Amazon uh, so that you can look at it and see if it's something that you want to buy. And primarily, just to let you know, uh, this book is more of a great gift uh, for men. And it's really a joke book. It's a gag book is what it is. And so I'm just going to tell you about it. You can determine whether or not you want to purchase it. You know, it's up to you, but it's a good way to support the show. So anyways, the book is called Women's Instruction Manual, Man's Collective Knowledge of the Female Mind. All right, that's the title of the book. Now here's the gag. It's 200 blank pages. That's right, 200 blank pages to symbolize that man's collective knowledge of the woman's mind is nothing. We've learned nothing about how you women think and operate. So this makes a great gag gift uh, for the man in your life, uh, you know, for you women out there listening to this. But, however, I did leave uh, the pages lined, uh, which gives this a secondary purpose. So after you've had a good laugh, letting your man know, not so subtly, uh, that he knows nothing about, you know, how women think and operate, uh, he can either use it as a relationship journal and start writing down the things that he notices about you, which generally is designed to make him pay more attention to you, which is what you want, you know, and take a look at, you know, things you like, things you don't like, um, some signs that you may be setting him up for a trap, you know, things that you like, you know, for foreplay and, and bed things you like out of bed, you know, and a couple of, you know, really just joke chapters. Uh, yes, I broke it in uh, to chapters, you know, uh, for this. Uh, the other way uh, that you can use this after you've had a good laugh is that you yourself can fill it in and then hand it to him. Think about this. What better gift for the man in your life than the personalized instruction manual to you? All right, so that's the three uses that you can use this for if you want to purchase it. I suggest uh, at least checking it out on Amazon, see if it's something that you would be interested in. 
Uh, it makes a great joke gift. It makes a great, you know, relationship journal. And it also makes it a great gift of you giving him your personalized manual. All right. So let's get into uh, this show. All right. So this show is titled, What Not to Say in Bed. I wanted to have a little bit of fun because I've been doing a lot of uh, episodes uh, up until now where I tell you about the things that you should do, how you can take initiative you know, to re-spark your relationship. Now, I think just as important is to let you know what not to do that can undermine and kill your efforts. You know, and I got around to thinking about this because I was listing some uh, old movies on eBay. You know, I do a lot of selling on eBay. And, you know, recently I realized that, you know, I got a lot of DVDs from, you know, especially from time before Netflix and Hulu. And I don't watch them anymore. They're just sitting here collecting dust. You know, and my own personality is once a movie gets so old and the technology gets so outdated, I generally can't stand watching them because it's not as intriguing anymore because all the technology is just so out of date. Unless it is a period-specific movie, you know, World War II, Revolutionary War, um, you know, history-type movie, that, you know, doesn't bug me. But if it's like a movie that takes place just 10 years ago, oh, man, it just, you know, drives me up the wall nuts. So anyways, uh, getting into this, when I was going through uh, the movies, I came across a movie that I had bought a long time ago. It's called How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. It was a pretty, uh, it was fairly funny movie when it came out. And the premise is uh, this girl, um, you know, works for a magazine. Her girlfriend just got dumped. And to jump in and save her, you know, from getting fired, she comes up with this whole idea of writing an article about how to, you know, because she always wrote how-to articles, how to lose a guy in 10 days, where she would go through, pick up a guy, and then do all the things, all the stereotypical things uh, that women do that drive men nuts and causes them to get dumped in a relationship. Now, the guy in here, he is in a situation where for his job, he has to be able to prove that he can get a woman to fall in love with him and stay with him in order for him to be able to get the job promotion that he wants because it has to be you know, a situation in which he can demonstrate that it's not just a fling, it's not just you know, him going out just picking up a one-night stand, which is kind of what his character's stereotype was. Anyways, in this movie, you know, while she's going off and driving him nuts, she does something, uh, and when I remembered this, that's when I realized this has to be an episode. She went off and she named the guy's cock Princess Sophia. Okay, think about that. You're getting in bed, you're getting hot and heavy, and you're calling his cock Princess Sophia. Now, beyond that being a little bit funny uh, for hysterical purposes, you can understand that while extreme, 
that certain things you say in bed can really kill the mood, can really kill the passion, kill the spark, right? You don't give a guy girly nicknames, right? You just don't. Now, you may have your own thing where you call each other different cereals, call each other different uh, types of fruits, movie titles, you know, whatever, right? But you do not give uh, nicknames for his body parts with girly names. I, uh, hopefully you understand and know that. Okay, so when I remembered that, I started going off and thinking, okay, what are some of the other things that you might say or do? You know, uh, yes, things that you might actually do that can ruin the mood, undermine your efforts to re-spark your relationship, to you know, reignite that passion and hinder your ability to get that relationship that you want and undermine why it is you're listening to me in the first place. So here is uh, just a few of those things. Okay, number one, this is something not to do. Do not fake an orgasm. All right, first of all, despite what you may think, you're not as good of an actress as you think you are. I, you're just not, you know, I know, I know guys may not say anything. They may let you believe that we believe that, you know, you, you know, orgasmed when you were faking it, but guys can tell more than you think more than uh, what you realize. Now, for those that can't tell, here's the problem. If your guy can't tell uh, that your orgasm is fake, then you're giving him a false signal that you like something that you don't, that you like that particular position, that particular angle, that particular speed. And it may be uh, such that you hate it, that it kills it for you. And if you're telling him that that's giving you an orgasm, he's going to keep going at it. Because what guys will do is they'll take note of what they're doing when you're orgasming. And then when they come across a night where you're not getting off and it seems like, you know, nothing is working, he's going to go, oh, hey, this worked last time. Let me go do this again. And that's going to be one of his go-to moves to get you off. And then your sex is not going to be nearly as great. But here's another thing. You know, guys are more perceptive than you think. You think that you know, the orgasm is just, you know, you breathing heavily, moaning, and saying a few words, right? You may not be fully conscious of how your face and body, you know, react when you're actually having an orgasm, all right? So let me explain, you know, guys can tell uh, a lot whether or not you're faking an orgasm by your facial expressions, you know, and we can tell whether or not that's fake. Now, maybe, just maybe, you're mostly having sex in the dark, you know, at night. Okay, and so you think you can get away with, uh, you know, bogus facial expressions. Okay, fair enough. But your body, the way your muscles spasm when you're orgasming is a very good tell as to whether or not you're faking it or whether or not it's genuine. Now, here's another problem when you're faking it. 
it's actually kind of a blow to the guy's ego. Yeah, he'll keep going and, you know, just get him, you know, get off and, you know, be done with it, sure. But if he's realizing that every time you're having sex that you're not actually having an orgasm and that you're faking it, he's not going to be that motivated. It's, it's too much of a blow to his ego. Now, I get it. A lot of women have a hard time having an orgasm. Not every woman has an orgasm uh, or has an orgasm frequently. I mean, there's been many studies about this. Right? Now, there are ways uh, for you women you know, who haven't experienced an orgasm to be able to get orgasmic. And you may want to seek out those sources. But here's a hint. A lot of that has to do with you first masturbating to an or, you know, masturbating yourself to an orgasm so that you can learn some of the things uh, that you, you know, like. And here's what one little note before I get back into the things not to do or say, and I will move on from this faking an orgasm. One of the good things that you can do to improve this, your sex life, to make you more motivated to have more sex with your man if you are not uh, currently having a lot of orgasms to motivate you already, once you've learned how to give yourself an orgasm through masturbation, lie there in bed for him one night and just let him watch you masturbate. You know, let him watch you masturbate uh, and let him watch you do it till you have an orgasm. It may take you a couple of times uh, of masturbating for him uh, for you to be able to orgasm. I understand you might be self-conscious about that, but here's the reason why that is actually a good idea. Because it lets him see exactly how you like to be touched, how you like to be rubbed. And then he can go through and utilize that information while you're in bed and improve your sexual pleasure. My wife uh, did this uh, for me, you know, where, you know, after, you know, we had been together for a while, I was able to convince her to let me watch her masturbate. And I watched her and I noticed how she liked to be touched, how she, and everything. And I noticed, you know, that when she's playing with herself, she doesn't just go back and forth or up and down. She actually goes diagonally, right? And I was able to see that, which then improved her pleasure while I was eating her out. And it also improved um, my, the moves that I mimic while we're having sex so that she has a lot more frequent orgasms. So just to let you know that. Okay. Uh, now, getting back into what not to do. So sometimes you may not realize how self-conscious you are and sometimes it's so blatantly obvious that it's like, how do you not know? And so let me tell you a story here of when I was back in high school. I, uh, you know, I was friends with this girl, Hannah. You know, we had this sort of will they, won't they type of thing going on where it seemed like we were on the verge of hooking up and then we were just platonic friends. We would make out, you know, pretty heavily and then just friends you know, yada, yada, yada. And we had this sort of thing where we were into each other, but we were also kind of concerned that with our, with our track records on dating, that it wouldn't work out. And, you know, 
then we don't even then we might not even have the friendship. Well, one day she had a friend with her named Heather. And this was my first time meeting Heather. And, you know, things went off, you know, pretty well. I mean, we connected, we got along. It was like we were old friends, you know, being able to talk, joke, yada, yada, yada. And this was a time in my life when I liked to camp a lot. You know, and if I couldn't uh, camp out at the campgrounds, what I would do instead is pitch a tent in the backyard, which part of that is, you know, even before I had a car, I liked, you know, camping out in the backyard because it made it very easy to sneak away. You know, I didn't have to worry about whether or not uh, my parents would wake up if the squeaky door, you know, made too much noise trying to sneak out. It was just easier to pitch a tent in the backyard and then, you know, after they went to sleep, you know, just get out of the tent and go. So, you know, we waited until late at night and, you know, just talking and hanging out. And they decided they wanted to come spend the night at my house. Now, that is something that wasn't actually out of the ordinary. You know, um, this, you know, back in high school on the weekends, sometimes, you know, my mom would come in to try and pick up some laundry for whatever reason. She always felt like she had to do laundry no matter what. You know, and so she would come in and she would see me in bed, you know, with a woman, um, you know, and, you know, different women at different times. Uh, and she wouldn't flinch. She wouldn't think twice about it. But since I had in this particular situation, you know, a tent, hey, no problem. And it, even if the, my parents found out, no big deal. They were already used to it. So um, we got in uh, to the tent and I'm just thinking, Oh man, you know, nothing's going to happen tonight. You know, that was my thought because, you know, when guys are young, one of the things that they think about a lot is the threesome. Oh, guys really want to try and get that mythical threesome. Some of them succeed. Some of them do not. And so with this, while a threesome would have been awesome, you know, I'm thinking no way that's going to happen you know, I, I, I just did not have any indication that even, well, I didn't know, you know, Heather very well, but I had no indication at that time that Hannah, you know, swung both ways or that Hannah, you know, had any interest in, you know, sexual uh, contact with other women. You know, so anyways, while we were in there, Hannah, you know, stripped down to her bra and panties which, again, didn't really signal anything to me because, you know, it wasn't the first time I saw her in her bra and panties. There were times in the summer when it was hot that we'd just be hanging out in the basement and she would just be in her bra and panties at her own house, you know, while we were sitting there. So, you know, didn't really think anything of it. And so I decided, okay, you know what, I'm just going to roll over and go to sleep. So here it was, I was starting to drift off. And what had happened was they were whispering back and forth, back and forth. And all of a sudden, I hear, Jacob, Jacob. And I'm like, huh, what? And then Hannah goes, do you want to fuck? And I'm like, yep, uh, yeah, you know, I'm a guy, of course. You know, and, you know, I was 18. Of course I did. There was no, uh, actually, I believe I was 17. Anyways, that doesn't matter. And so I was like, okay. And then she goes, there's just one catch. 
<clears throat> the catch is you have to have sex with Heather too. And I'm like, yeah. I mean, of course. Why wouldn't I? This is every guy's, you know, single guy's fantasy. Every single teenage guy's fantasy, at least. You know, once we get older and in a committed relationship, that changes for most of us. And so, you know, things started going in. And here's where we start getting into the things not to say or things not to do. Right? Because I'm getting my fantasy and things start going wrong. All right? Not with being able to get it up or anything, but just personality-wise. So first of all, they weren't into doing anything with, you know, each other. So, you know, this threesome was less, you know, them engaging with each other as much as me and more them just taking turns. All right, but that, you know, so here's number one. If you're going to do a threesome, and this is assuming uh, for you listeners that are not marrying or maybe you're swingers or whatever, if you're going to do a threesome, it's not a taking turns. It's you interacting with the other girl as much as you interact with the guy. Now, all right, that's just one you know little thing right there. But here's the thing. So we start off uh, with Hannah, right? We start, you know, we start having sex, you know, yada, yada, yada. Then it's uh, then I go, okay, let's change positions. So we change positions. I get on bottom. She gets on top for cowgirl. You know, she slides right down on me. Then she looks me in the eye and says, now what do I do? Now what do you do? What do you mean now what do you do? Okay. Here's the thing, women. You know, guys didn't have you know, an instruction of what to do. All right. So if you're trying a new position, you know, it's less about you asking what to do and you just trying different things out to learn what to do. Unless this is a master-slave situation, it's not really a asking, what do I do now, right? And I'll get into more about why that would be an issue. No, if you're going to try something new, you know, you're in the position, and then you start thinking logically about how the guy, or, you know, how, you know, you're going to move in such a way that's going to cause it to go in and out, back and forth. Right, so her looking at me and asking, you know, what to do and then couldn't, you know, quite grasp the concept of while you're on top that you either, you know, lean forward and use your hands to support yourself off the ground, rocking back and forth, or, you know, moving your hips back and forth and raising it up and down. All right, so, yeah, there was the, you know, now what do I do? Okay. No need to ask that question. Just start thinking logically. Just start thinking about the situation. But that wasn't even the, the worst you know, of the statements. So then we get to her friend, Heather. Okay. Heather annoyed the crap out of me in this situation. First off, she stayed under the blankets, you know, uh, fully dressed while I was having sex with Hannah. And then it came to her, and she just she thought she was 
driving me wild with what she was doing. Now, she was annoying the crap out of me. You know, and so what she would do is she would start talking about how she was unbuttoning her pants under the blanket and now unzipping it, slowly taking them off. Oops, time to bring them back up a little. I mean, she thought she was building up anticipation, you know, with just going at a snail's pace of undressing herself. She was just annoying the hell out of me. All right, so here's another thing uh, for you women. Yes, I get it, you know, about teasing a guy up a little bit, building up some anticipation, but you can take that a little too far, all right? Especially with the fact that she was under a blanket while she was going really slowly, and it's just like, oh, my God, I'm just going to go back to Hannah, all right? She's already right there, right? And she's already ready to go. You know, so I'm just like, okay, okay. I tell you what, when you're finished getting undressed, let me know. I'm just going to go back to Hannah, right, until then. All right, so she finally gets undressed. Took her forever. And then after she was undressed, she was still under the blankets. And it's like, uh, okay, you know, it's not cold out. I mean, it's the middle of summer for, for crying out loud. So I went to start removing the blanket, and she goes, no, 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 you can't look. And, yeah, she's saying I couldn't look. I was like, okay, you're not ready? Okay. Then she's like, no, 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 I'm ready. You just can't look, right? And I'm like, what? You have to close your eyes. You can't look at me while we're having sex. And I was just like, well... That's not going to work. You know, and then, you know, against my better judgment, we started having sex and, she, you know, the whole top half of her, everything passed, you know, uh, what it took for, you know, to get her legs open and me inside of her, every bit above that was under the blanket. And here it was while we were having sex, she's going off going, don't look, don't look, don't look, don't look, close your eyes, don't look. I mean, this was annoying the hell out of me. I mean, this was the first time as a teenager having sex with a woman that I was going limp. I mean, that's how much she was annoying the hell out of me. Don't look, you know. So here's another thing. Women, if you're getting naked having sex, do not be self-conscious or at least don't project it and definitely don't be saying it and talking about it. If you're going off having sex and you're having issues of don't, you know, saying don't look to the guy, asking him to close his eyes or wear a blindfold so he doesn't see you, I there's problems with that. Trust me, there's problems with that. Um, after her, you know, I had to go back to uh, Hannah. And, you know, I mean, Hannah may have, you know, during sex was like dead wood. All she did was just lie there with her, you know, and I mean, yeah, she took her own clothes off and, you know, opened her legs up wide, but all, all she knew how to do was just lie there. And the other one, you know, you know, Heather was just, you know, seemed like a mental basket case. This was a problem for me, right? So those are some things that you need to, you know, be aware of.
But let's say you're not quite that psycho, right? You're not having that issue of having to yell, don't look during sex, right? Well, there are probably more common things that you do that can drain the life out of your sex life. You know, uh, for instance, you're getting ready to have sex. I mean, you're horny. You know he's going to want to. And you have this whole thing of you never engage. You're not the one to engage, so you're just going to lie there, right? And, you know, you know how it is when you've gone so long without sex, women. You start getting cranky and emotional, right? And so when that happens, you tend to make snippy comments. You tend to, you know, work against yourself, you know? So here's, you know... (laughs) You know, so here's one of the things that you might do. You might be tempted to go, okay, you know what? I'm just going to give him what he wants, right? And so you go off and you ask the question, what do you want to do? Oh, man. Okay, here's the thing. You can actually annoy a guy in bed by asking him, what do you want to do, right? Because here's the thing. One, a guy doesn't want to have to do all the thinking about what he wants to do. He just wants you to have confidence and just start doing stuff. He'll let you know when he's ready to change or when he wants to you know, move into a different position. You got to be focused more on the body language. But going, at, you know, what do you want to do? Especially if you're saying that while you're cranky because your tone of voice makes a big difference. I mean, think about this. You know, let's say you go off and you're asking him, what do you want to do? Versus, what do you want to do? I mean, that makes a pretty big difference here. So be mindful of your tone. But if you're going to ask the question, if you're going to, you know, be, you know, in that situation, and you're just not able to help yourself because maybe you're focused more on what he wants to do. You care more about his pleasure than your pleasure. Okay, okay, maybe. And you still haven't gotten to know him well enough to know what he likes in bed to just go ahead and do that. If you're going to ask him, what do you want to do? then do not be upset if he answers with something you don't like, all right? Do not be upset about that. So let me explain this. So let's say you're asking a question, you know, you're getting, you're just getting ready, you're still doing the whole foreplay thing, and you ask him, what do you want? What do you want to do? And he responds with, well, how about we start off with a blowjob? If he says that, and then you and your response is, ugh, fine, then you're killing the mood. You're, you're, you're working against yourself. If you're going to ask him what he wants, then you must be prepared to be enthusiastic or more than willing to go along with what he answers. 
But if you're just going through and asking him what he wants, and then he's the first thing he says, you complain about. He's, he goes, okay, let's try this other thing. And you complain about it. And you keep going until he says something that you already want to do. You know, then we have a problem. I mean, for some of you, what, you know, what I remember back, you know, when I was dating around, when you're asking, what do you want? You're kind of saying that like the old uh, problem, uh, you know, that I, that I have till this day of where do you want to eat, right? See, you're asking the question, but you already know what it is you will and will not do. And you're making him go through a list of things until he gets, <clears throat> excuse me, but you're making him go through the whole list of things until he answers what you already wanted him to say to begin with. Okay, sorry about the interruption there. So he's going through here going, oh, you know, you're asking me what I want. That must mean I get to name anything, even something that we may not normally do. And if you're making him have to list out five things before he gets to something that you're willing to or wanting to do, that's going to be a problem. All of a sudden, he's just going to start thinking anytime you ask that question, oh, God, why? It's going to kill the mood for him because he's like, well, does she actually want to know what I want? Or does she just want to play this whole guessing game thing? Until, you know, until I figure out what she actually wants to do. All right. So be mindful of that. You may not realize that you're doing that. But if you are, you know, you're going to annoy him. And the more you annoy him in bed, the less he's going to want to get in bed with you. And the more likely it is the relationship is going to eventually die out. All right. Uh, don't complain. Right? Don't complain. I mean, it's not just, you know, verbal complaints, but it's your nonverbal complaints. And guys can pick up on this. Right? So let's get back uh, to the whole, you start off with, what do you want to do? And he responds with a blowjob, and you go, I don't want to do that. Or, eh, uh. You know, you give that, ugh. Fine, if you want to, you know, if you really want to, and then you start giving him a blowjob, and there's like no enthusiasm to it whatsoever. He can, you know, barely tell that you're doing anything. It's your, it's mostly your hand with a lick here and there. You know, he's gonna pick up on that, and you know, it's gonna be you know, pretty obvious and, you know, maybe you've uh, been able to pick up on this a little bit yourself. You know, you've asked him what he wants. He said a blow job. You, you kind of went fine. And then you start giving him a blow job and he's starting to go limp. Well, he knows that is one of the ways in which you are protesting and complaining about doing something that he wanted when you asked him, right? So yes, that's going to be an issue. Okay, another thing about that whole sigh, uh, 
fine. Uh, I don't really want to. <sighs> okay. If, if it will make you happy. You know, you do not say those things. You know, and it's not just centered around blowjobs either. You know, let's say you like it missionary position. And he wants you to, you know, turn over and, you know, on all fours and go at it doggy style. And your, and your response is, fine, if it will make you happy. Right? That, that right there will not do. Right? The proper response to him asking you to get into doggy style Right, is just to you know turn on over, get on all fours, and let him go at it. Right, let him go at it. You know, or you know, uh, you go through and go, yes, sir. Right, I mean that that would be a more appropriate response if you need to verbalize something. Just go, yes, sir. You know, in fact, here's an idea. Instead of going through and complaining, you know, uh, verbally or non-verbally, doing some type of protest, you know, to doing what he wanted when you asked him to, you know, maybe you just, how do I want to say this? Maybe you just replace all of the complaints that you would normally say with, yes, sir. I, that may be the secret, you know, for you here, right? If you feel the need to verbalize something, uh, need you feel the need to verbalize, you know, where you know you're kind of complaining and begrudging, but you don't want him to know, just go, yes, sir, you know, or yes, master, you know, or, you know, gladly, you know, something, right? That makes it seem like you actually want to, you know, uh, get into that different position. You know, uh, maybe he wants you to get on top and cowgirl position. You just go, you know, you just go for it or go, uh, yes, sir. You know, or maybe in that situation, you just say, just lay back, relax and let me ride. You know, he might even ask for a reverse cowgirl. You know, he could ask for a lot of things. You know, if you're asking him, what does he want to do? Don't complain when he answers. If you, if you're not willing to go along with whatever he answers with, then don't ask. Don't ask. Just, you know, just do whatever comes to mind for you. Okay. Some other things not to do or not to say. See, I, I had to put in the part about what not to do because some of these, you know, even though you're vocalizing it, it's not necessarily um, you saying something, right? And, and so let me uh, try and explain that a little bit. You know, um, I once knew this girl and a lot of things would go through her head, right? A lot of things, you know, for some reason. And so we'd be, you know, having sex. She would go down and start giving me a blowjob. And then all of a sudden she would start laughing, right? I, uh, you know, I'd ask, what's funny, right? 
And she goes, nothing, you know, just some, some random crap pops in my head at times, you know, and uh, we'd also be having sex, you know, and every so often, you know, she would laugh or, you know, the whole, the whole issue, you know, with it is the expression on her face. Like she was having an idea and then she was trying to laugh it off because she was too self-conscious about it. Now, it took me a while to realize that laughing was really her way of pushing that thought out of her head, you know, and that she just didn't want to tell me what she was thinking because she was too self-conscious, you know, that I would think she was, you know, some type, you know, that that's crazy, that I would laugh at her and call her, you know, strange or freaky or, you know, whatever the issue was, but her issue uh, basically was she thought that I would, you know, she was concerned about what my thoughts or opinion of her would be if she told me. So in order to hold back from telling me, she would go off to try and laugh or smirk. Uh, I tell you what, that uh, was not a good sign at first. That was not the way to go about it, right? Now, I did get her to open up a little bit and, you know, talk. So she would do things like, you know, she'd be going down, giving me a blowjob, and then, you know, she would smirk, and then I would press her, what did you want to do? And she's like, well, I was just thinking about whether or not uh, we should actually move this to the lake, you know, have sex in the lake, you know, or, she, you know, or, you know, whether or not she thought she could get away uh, with having sex in the pool in the backyard while her parents were asleep at night, you know, could we get away with that? You know, things like that. But she also, you know, had this whole thing where she was kind of curious about anal play, but she was too self-conscious uh, not only uh, in going through with that because she was an anal virgin, but also she was concerned how I would think about that. So she would laugh. She would just close her eyes and shake her head. She would, you know, do a whole bunch of other things, and I had to pry it out of her. I, I had to pry it out of her, All right? Which brings me to another thing. If you have an idea and the guy figures out that something's going through your head, do not make him ask more than once. What are you thinking about? What? What thought did you just have? You know, don't make him ask more than once. If it's obvious something is going through your head, uh, enough so that the guy notices and asks what you were just thinking, just tell him. Which, when you think about it, you should be able to be honest with him. You should be able to... Just let him know what you're thinking about, about the things that you want to do in bed, things that you want to experiment with and try. Because if you keep having thoughts of things that you want to try and do, and you always hold it back, how are you ever going to you know, explore the full potential of your sexuality? You're not going to be able to. You're always going to be holding back. And if he has to keep digging and prying and prying and prying to get you to open up to him? Well, that's annoying. It, it really is. So you got to be willing to open up. You got to be willing to tell him what goes through your mind 
while you're having sex, you know, while you're going through foreplay, while you're going through any of that, okay? So, you know, another thing here. If a guy brings up, you know, anal sex, and you're not the type of person who's really into anal sex, you know, or you're too scared, you know, whatever, you know, you know, some people like it, some people don't. Sometimes there's a mix match in there. I understand, right? But if he brings up uh, to you uh, in answering your question that he wants, you know, to, you know, have anal sex, he wants to stick it in your butt, you do not respond with, ew, gross, that's disgusting. You don't want to shame that. No, you can just say, no, I, I, I don't like that, you know, or, no, uh, I'm just not into that type of thing, right? You know, just, you know, just be upfront and honest. Do not act like things that he wants to try sexually is disgusting. That is going to be an issue because then he's going to start feeling like he can't open up to you about what he wants and what he likes. And then he's just going to, you know, kind of think, well, sex is always going to be lame and boring. You know, that doesn't mean you have to get into a situation where you agree to do whatever he wants. You know, maybe, you know, after you say no to one idea, that you purposely go off and look for an idea of something that he wants to do. And then you select one of those things and actually do it, whether or not you have an interest in it. You know, some of it is about exploring. Another thing, when it comes to sex, and this is on a what not to do, do not leave your phone on during sex, all right? Do not leave it on, you know, don't even just mute it, right? Because even if you mute it, you know, something will happen, the lights, you know, will come on, you know, uh, the blinking light letting you know something's on there is going on, and you might get distracted. The more addicted to your phone you are, the more important it is for you to shut it off. You know, and, you know, if you're, you know, such a person that while you're having sex, you see the light blinking on your phone and while he's having sex with you, you need to grab your phone and check it. You know, even if it's just for a second, go, okay, it's nothing and throw it away, you know, or throw it back uh, off to the side. No, do not do that. No, do not. Do not grab for a tablet, phone, or anything else. If it's not a sex toy specifically, you do not grab it during sex because that's just a signal that you're bored and that he's not giving it to you the way you want it. And instead of communicating how you want it, you're just pretty much going, eh, I'm not re really getting anything out of this. This is kind of sucks. You just go ahead and have your fun. I'll just go ahead and read this text message. No, do not do that. Now, luckily, I've never actually had that happen to me. But I've, you know, I, 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 some friends, yeah, uh, they, they've kind of told me about that. You know, kind of really ticked them off. Really ticked them off. All right, sorry, dropped my pen there. All right, and then I'm going to get into... One other thing, you know, that you don't do in bed, you know, and this is something less, uh, 
it's less about the specific you know wording than it is about the timing right the timing so on a guy's birthday you pretty much should be expecting to just go along with whatever sexual request that he has it's his birthday now sex on your birthday may not be your thing but for him for him and this is true the longer you're in a relationship for him sex on his birthday is considered uh you know more often than not is considered to him the special time you know real special it's the time when it's all about him that he just gets to lay back relax and enjoy he doesn't have to worry about you know performing he doesn't have to worry about your pleasure he doesn't have to worry about trying to get you to you know enjoy it enough to have an orgasm it's his birthday it's the one time of year where he wants to be able to be selfish in bed you know one day a year he wants to be selfish in bed now if you're the type of woman who you know 49 out of 50 times you have sex it's just missionary you're just lying back enjoying while he's doing all the work you really have no right to complain on his birthday about you being the one having to do all the work and it being all about his pleasure right so yes he wants to be able to lay back maybe he's the one that's tied down maybe he's the one that's blindfolded for a change you know you kind of have to gauge uh, based off of what he does and doesn't like. But the main point is he wants to be able to be selfish on his birthday or he wants a special request, something that, you know, either you've never been willing to do any other time or, or you haven't done for a long time. Let me explain. And I do this for my birthday pretty much every year. I make a special request, you know, whether it be a, about a certain position, a certain place, or a certain sexual activity. Let me try and explain a little bit here. So on my birthday, I always make a special request of my wife, right? One year, I requested that she let me watch her masturbate. You know, she was self-conscious about it. She, I knew that she probably didn't, you know, she really didn't want to do it, but it was my birthday. And so she did. And, but now she's glad that she did because I learned quite a bit about how she liked to be touched, rubbed, uh, direction wise, light, you know, rough, you know, uh, what areas she liked to be touched a little bit lighter than other areas, all of that. And it, you know, improved our sex life, uh, quite a bit, you know, uh, but also I've used it to request being able to explore some of my curiosities. Some of that curiosity was uh, anal sex, right? So, you know, it seemed like there for a while, all I heard about, you know, was people talking about anal sex, you know, having, you know, and, you know, that it was this new fetish, you know. I mean, yes, I know it has been around for a long time, but there was a time when, you know, it seemed like, you know, just about everybody, you know, talked about it. You know, everybody, you know, went off. And I also so remember uh, back in, you know, high school, we had the wings system, right? 
if you're not familiar with that, I mean, it was one of those juvenile things, which, you know, at the time we were juveniles, so fitting. You know, but the wings were, you know, if you if you uh, slept with a virgin, you got your white wings. If you had sex with a woman when she was on her period, you got your red wings. If you were able to get a woman to have anal sex with you, you got your brown wings. You know, you kind of get the picture there. You know, so, I mean, at this time, you know, everyone was going, and I had never, you know, really had any desire or whatever uh, for anal sex, but curiosity finally got the best of me. What is it about, you know, anal sex that everybody is talking about? So I made that request on my birthday. Begrudgingly, though, she went ahead and went through with it. What did I learn? I learned I didn't like it. You know, it was not, it was nothing about her or anything, uh, but it just wasn't my cup of tea. I was just curious. I explored my curiosity, didn't uh, care for it one bit. You know, so, you know, he may be using his birthday to try and explore things that you haven't allowed in the past to try and see, you know, what's the big deal? Do I like this? Do I not like this? Whatever. You know, so he may do that or it may be about positions or places. He may be wanting to try it outside, you know, for the first time, just under the stars on a blanket. You know, he maybe, you know, get you in the back seat of a vehicle and relive, you know, being a teenager. You know, something. But the point is, you know, on his birthday, he wants to be able to you know, have it be about him, you know, exploring something he's curious about or, you know, for him to be able to just be selfish in bed for a change, right? Now I get it. For some of you, you may be going, but my man is always selfish. You know, he's the two-pump chump, right? Uh, uh, we'll, we'll address that, you know, in a later uh, podcast episode what to do about the two pump chump to get them to last longer all right because there are things that you can do for that but yeah but when it comes to his birthday you know if you lodge any complaint about having sex or you know any especially anything uh normal you know blow jobs you being on top doggy style you know those type of things you know, his birthday is the worst time to complain or lodge a complaint about about sexual activities, about what you do not want to do. All right, so I think I'm going to leave uh, this episode here, you know, and I want you to think about maybe some of the things that you say and do in bed, you know, and tr- or, you know, the next time you're in bed with your guy, you know, be mindful of the things that you say and do and try and catch whether or not, excuse me, try and catch whether or not there are some things that you're doing that you didn't notice you were doing, you know, and you can also go through and ask them, Hey, do I ever do anything that annoys you in bed? You know, and just see what he says. It may be, you know, You may be surprised that, you know, you kind of grunt and sigh a lot about having to do anything, you know, just, you know, but make sure 
if you ask him, you're not allowed to get upset at the answer. All right, just remember that. You're not allowed to get upset at the answer. You ask the question, expect an honest answer. Okay, so that's it uh, for this episode. Hey, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to me. Your attention means everything. Uh, check uh, for the uh, description uh, below uh, for this episode's show note to get a link uh, to Amazon uh, to my self-published book. Um, you know, it makes a great gag gift. It makes a great gift if you actually fill it in and give him the manual to you. And, you know, if he's inclined, he can use it as a relationship journal. It has th- th- uh, three great uses, but probably one of the best uses is as a good gag gift to let the man in your life know how clueless he is. All right, I'll be back again soon. Thank you for listening.